0: Welcome back to another Digital Week. We talked last week about the Smart City, and so we thought it would be good to take a field trip to the other side of Brisbane. And I'm here today with the CEO of the City Smart of Brisbane, and that would be Megan Houghton. Good morning, Megan. Hey Monica, great to be here. Excellent. So tell us a
1: little bit about what City Smart does. So City Smart is a subsidiary of the Brisbane City Council, and it's known as Brisbane's Sustainability Agency. And it's tasked with creating partnerships between industry, community and all levels of government to ultimately put programs and initiatives in place that will make Brisbane a more sustainable city. So
0: when we say sustainable, you know, we're talking uh, lowering our carbon emissions, reducing our waste. How does that fit up and how does the digital economy play into some of those objectives? So from a sustainability point of view, we focus on delivering
1: environmental outcomes. So that could be um, emission reductions, it could be waste reductions, it could be using less water, uh, a greater number of people doing active transport or um, choosing active options. Um, But we also look at the economic impact to uh, Brisbane. So there's a direct link between what we do in the environmental space and how that creates economic benefit for the city. From the digital point of view, CitySmart has uh, positioned itself to create a digital platform where we engage a lot of the residents of Brisbane uh, through the digital channels. Um, you know, everybody wants to be uh, online and mobile these days. So we've given them a choice of channels that they want to engage with us on and they get involved in our programs and it's all about driving behaviour change with households so that they become more water and energy efficient Uh, They reduce the waste that they're putting out and the contamination levels
0: uh, in our waste supplies and also they're choosing, as I said, the active transport options. Fabulous. So we're talking about tools that that gamify and engage the citizens of Brisbane. So tell us about some of the collective impact that some of those initiatives are having over the last three or four years. So we launched Easy Green, which was a program um, that
1: started about five years ago and it was all online and uh, it had a lot of website content, uh, email interaction, social media around it. It's been a huge success. So one in 10 households in Brisbane signed up and got engaged in that program. One in 10? Which is a huge, that's a fantastic result. So when you have a look at energy efficiency programs in other states, they usually get 4% of their target market and we got 10. So, and that's a lot to you know be said for the Brisbane City Council brand and getting out there and how we engage the community. Uh, Those households saved uh, an average of 10% on their energy bills, which was about $170 per household. So across Brisbane, over the last four years, we've saved residents about $40 million on their energy costs.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So tell us about some of the, um, I guess, digital behaviour change um, tools and techniques you're using, which we came across in the digital chair a few weeks ago, Reduce Your Juice, uh, and maybe how they're playing out and what you expect to receive from those in the future. So we took um, Easy Green, the program that I just mentioned, was
1: really sort of content being pushed out. The big success story in Easy Green were challenges. So we ran six-week challenges where we put out, you know, one week we'd say, turn your lights off, take a photo on Instagram of your kids turning the lights off, post that, post a tip to Corey Parker on how he could be more sustainable. Um, And then people did this challenge for six weeks and
0: went into the draw to win a really great prize. So you really created a tribe. Was that really the essence of the difference? You created a digital tribal community that really then undertook these collective challenges. Yeah, a digital sustainability community.
1: Mm. Um, But we took the learnings of Easy Green and we stepped it up a notch with our recently uh, released project called Reduce Your Juice. And it's really cool because it targets 18 to 34-year-olds and it's based on three mini-games which target the biggest energy-sucking behaviours that we have in Queensland households. What is your biggest energy-sucking
0: (laughs) behaviour? I love that. Is there a hashtag for that? (laughs) No.
1: But we can always create one. Um, so when we have a look at you know cooling and heating, and then we have lights and standby power, uh, and then we have laundry and washing. So you would you know you'd not believe how much electricity a dryer chews. Um, you wouldn't believe how much it le- heats my apartment in the in the winter <laughs> months. <laughs> That's not good, Monica. You need to just put a jumper on or something. Okay, okay I've yeah. got that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the the laundry, the um, air conditioning, and heating is obviously a big cure.
0: But standby power can be responsible for ten percent of your electricity bill, and a lot so of people us, don't know that. Standby power—it's mm. uh, kind of almost like a consequence of the digital economy because now mm-hmm. I have ten devices that need charging. I have a TV, and I have several items. So, is standby power the fact that those are plugged in regularly onto a power board? Yeah. So when you turn your television
1: off with the remote, it sits on standby, waiting for you to turn it on again. Uh, Your computer is constantly on standby, but you can get some really smart um, and, you know, as is Foxtel, Xbox, everything that's connected in uh, to the same sort of um, sockets as your television, so to speak. But you can get technology where there are power boards where you can turn off a master switch and it just turns everything off on standby. And then you click your remote And when that appliance in the master switch is turned on again, everything turns on. Or you can do what my parents do and turn off everything at the wall manually. That's the wow. whole way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be the analogue way. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's pretty effective though. I mean, if you had a look at mum and dad's power bill. So uh, that's cool. So we've got some, some, a lot of behaviour change going on at the consumer level. How does that um, roll up into some, uh, some big things for the city that have, you know, both economic but also, you know, uh, efficiency and sustainability outcomes? So some of the other project uh, projects that we do, and
1: they don't necessarily draw on the digital channel of engagement, but they are much more about clean technology infrastructure. So City Smart has worked for the last three years to get a district cooling system into Brisbane, and it's the first district cooling system in an Australian CBD. So it's not. Uh, bleeding edge technology. There's uh, a thousand of these projects that exist around the world, but none in an Australian CBD.
0: Wow. So where would be the next uh, one in, in around the world? Could you give us an example. So the one in Paris, for example, I'll just use that as an, as an example. It started by
1: connecting three buildings and uh, providing their cooling solution. And it's now got 550 buildings connected to a central system. And these central systems can knock off, you know, 10 to 30% of a building's energy costs. And significantly, they can take a big chunk of peak demand out of the city, which means that uh, companies like Energex don't have to spend a fortune trying to meet the demand needs of the central CBD. And they can defer um, a chunk of
0: infrastructure cost, which means that also keeps costs down for businesses going forward. And I guess it also reduces the usage and power costs overheads for the companies that are using those and renting those buildings or the asset owners that own those buildings. Yeah. So energy cost is a
1: direct um, outgoing for a tenant. So the buildings benefit, the tenants benefit, the city benefits, because it should reduce about 24,000 tonnes of emissions. Um, and it is, this is
0: what new world infrastructure is all about. And so district heating and cooling, just for those of us that, that are not in the energy game, can you explain that in layman's terms? What does it actually look like? So currently there's a chilling machine in the basement of a building
1: and it uh, makes cold water and it usually does that in the middle of the day. It pushes that cold water up a water coil inside a building. A big fan blows across the water coil and that blows the coolness across the floor in a building and that's the air conditioning solution. What a central system does is it takes those chillers out of the individual buildings, it puts it into a central location in the city, that still makes the cold water but it can run at night because it can have storage next to it, and because it runs at night, it's more efficient, and that's how we get the peak demand out of the city. And then it pumps the cold water underneath the road in a big one-metre diameter pipe, and uh, the buildings tap into that pipe, and that's where they get their cold water from, but they don't have to change their internal infrastructure. So one pipe goes around the city, you can't see it, it's obviously in the road reserve. It carries the cold water around and then hot water that comes back out from a building comes back through a separate pipe to be re-chilled. So it's all a closed network. Uh, incredibly environmentally friendly, uh, proven technology, incredibly efficient emission reductions. It's a bit of a win-win-win for all parties.
0: Well, I suspect there's a bit of um, technology and data that helps run the precision of those so that the the temperatures are managed, the water is managed, the infrastructure that pumps that around is managed. Yeah. So uh, GDF sewers uh, subsidiary in Australia is called COFLEE.
1: And they have teamed in a consortium with Tees, and they recently won the right to exclusively develop this piece of infrastructure in Brisbane. And it's a big commitment from them, like they're quite committed to the city. You know, a whole of city system could be anything in the order of a $300 million capital investment for them. They uh, experienced you know well and truly, particularly all through Europe in using the data, using the you know the technology management. Um, if you have a look at their control rooms, it looks like the New York Stock Exchange with all of the screens around the, mm. the room, telling them the data and what they need to tweak and how they need to get the it's called the coefficient of performance of systems um, improved. And, you know, they all do all of this to get the best out of the infrastructure and the best commercial result for
0: the buildings. So it's a, a thing that we're working on at the, the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy is the idea of how does digitisation improve asset utilisation and management. We're seeing that a lot with things like the energy grid and smart technology and smart technology running the grid. So increasingly, I guess, digital comes together with the physical to provide a better optimal solution that we couldn't have done in the past if the digital didn't exist.
1: Well and truly and you know for me it comes down when you look at uh, the digital and linking it to sustainability it's what you do with the data and how you engage customers to use the data to change their behaviours to live more sustainably or as in the district cooling system using the data to manage your assets smarter so you get more from them and that's a sustainability solution in itself.
0: Fabulous. Megan, thanks very much for your time today. We've been together with uh, Megan Houghton, the CEO of CitySmart. And until we meet you next time in the digital week, it's goodbye from Monica Bradley.